Hello and welcome to Read All About It Extra with me, Paul Cuddy. And in this episode, I'm celebrating World Book Day, March the 5th, 2020. Although, like me, I'm sure you think that every day is World Book Day. The actual World Book Day event takes place every year on the first Thursday in March. And the mission of the World Book Day charity is to give every child and young person a book of their own. It's also a celebration of authors, illustrators, books and, most importantly, it's a celebration of reading. In fact, it's the biggest celebration of its kind, designated by UNESCO as a worldwide celebration of books and reading, and it's marked in over 100 countries all over the world. So in this podcast, I've got some book recommendations for younger readers, and also a couple of books for grown-ups too. And there's also the latest chat with my son where you can find out what Andrew's not reading this week. But first, what I'm reading now. And what I'm reading now is... A book called The World Will Be Saved by Beauty, a biography of Dorothy Day by Kate Hennessy. Now, Dorothy Day was an American journalist, a social activist, a Christian anarchist and a convert to Catholicism who founded the Catholic Worker Movement back in the early 30s, which began with the Catholic Worker newspaper. And to an extent, in very simple terms, it was, I suppose, putting applying socialist ideas into you know a faith-based program there's a strong sense of social justice and also helping those that were most in need and since her death there has been moves in the United States for her calls for her to become a saint and certainly the Catholic Church has actually opened the cause for her possible canonization and that's currently under investigation now this book uh, by Kate Hennessy. Kate Hennessy is Dorothy Day's granddaughter and so I suppose the, the fear is that it would just become a book that's just full of praise and almost painting a picture of a, a living saint. Kate Hennessy, however, does nothing of the sort. The book as much as a, as a biography of Dorothy Day is also telling the story of Kate's mum, Dorothy's daughter Tamar and it is unflinching in telling about Dorothy Day's faults and failings as much as, as the, the many good things she did. The book itself, the cover, is, is wonderful, a book that the world be, will be saved by beauty, which apparently was it's a Dostoevsky quote that was Dorothy Day's favourite quote. And I, I have to say, it was recommended to me by a friend of mine who I bumped into after Mass, and I have to say it's, it's a wonderful book, and one, as is going to be the case in this podcast, that I would heartily recommend. My first book recommendation for World Book Day is a book for certainly younger readers. Uh, in the back, it's actually recommended to read it with parents and child for two years and over. And for kids who are five years and over, they can read it on their own. This book is called Willie the Wizard by Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown, for those of you who don't know, I, I think he's a genius. He, the, the book's... The stories, the illustrations are just wonderful and I bought this book years and years ago for my kids and I bought it for a number of reasons. So the story basically, uh, Willie uh, is a chimp who loves football but there was only one problem, he didn't have any boots because he couldn't afford them and his parents couldn't afford them and he would watch all the other older boys who were like who are illustrated as, as gorillas, they're all kicking the ball about and he wasn't able to play because he didn't have boots. So one night he 
passes a mysterious stranger who's playing in a yard with the ball and he gives him these old boots, very old fashioned and they're magical boots and suddenly when Willie turns up at training he is just the best player. Now, the first reason that I, I got this book is that when Willie goes along to training and he's dribbling past all these guys and nutmegging them and scoring great goals, he's wearing the green and, green and white hoops. And so, you know, that alone, it doesn't get much better than that. But he's also, again, it's just the genius of Anthony Brown, particularly for a kid's book, which is why I think everybody can enjoy it. Willie's also quite superstitious. He, he doesn't stand in any of the cracks in the pavement. He has to count every step as he's going upstairs and there's also one of the illustrations of him standing at, at the toilet just before he goes to bed. And just the very fact in a kid's book, you just see his back and he's at the, at the pan. I just think that's genius. It's just like there's real humour in it. It's a kind of Royal Rover story, so you could probably guess how it ends. But I have to say, it's a book that you, you could sit and read with your kids. It's absolutely wonderful. And even when you're my age, when you still, and I still flick through it, it still makes me smile. So that's Willie the Wizard by Anthony Brown. And in book news, today also marks the publication of a book that I'm sure is going to fly off the bookshelves throughout the world. That is The Mirror and the Light by Hilary Mantel. It's the final part of the trilogy that began with Wolf Hall and then followed up with Bring Up the Bodies, both of which won the Booker Prize. It comes out today, March the 5th. It is a much-awaited book, and it would not be a surprise if that ends up winning the Booker Prize as well. It's already had some very positive reviews. So that's The Mirror and the Light by Hilary Mantel. Also coming up this month up in Glasgow between the 12th and the 29th of March is the Glasgow Literary Festival known as I Write. There's plenty going on throughout the city and one highlight that I'm going to mention is an event on March the 12th in the Mitchell Library at 6 o'clock and it is Ian Maloney who is a writer originally from Aberdeen who's now staying out in Japan and he's just published a book called The Only Gaijin in the Village, A Year Living in Rural Japan and a Gaijin is an alien or a a non-Japanese person, it's a Japanese word for foreigners and Ian who stays in Japan with his Japanese wife moved to a village in rural Japan and that's after a decade of, of living in the country and it was still a culture shock when he moved from the city out into the country and he's written uh, a very, very entertaining, humorous and interesting uh, memoir and he will be appearing at the iWrite Festival so that's certainly something uh, to look out for. And also um, I mentioned in the last episode of the Dollar About the Extra podcast the, the Galgen books do a really good thing where they just interview various authors and it's short, sharp questions and the last time I quoted Jojo Moyes, and this time it's Marion Keyes who just brought out a new book called Grown Ups, uh, which I haven't read, but again, a couple of people I know have, have read it and uh, speak very highly of it. And again, when uh, Marion is asked the book I couldn't finish, she replies, Oh, there are oodles of them. There was a time when I felt obliged to plough on because I was afraid of abandoning the characters in some sort of literary limbo land. Now my feeling is that life is short, so I don't feel guilty about giving up on a book that simply isn't for me.
my second book recommendation for World Book Day, and it's a book that, that some of you might remember I mentioned in the very first podcast when I was chatting to Chris Dolan, and when he asked what was one of my favourite books from childhood, and this is a book called Master of Morgana by Alan Campbell McLean, and this was a book that I read when I was at primary school, and just to, to refresh people's memories, it was a book that the teacher would read a chapter every Friday afternoon, and after about two or three weeks, I just, I couldn't wait for the next week, so after school I went straight down to the Bishop Briggs Library, got the book out, finished the book that weekend, it was incredible, but then stupidly went into class the following Monday and told everyone what happened and ruined it for them, and obviously somebody told the teacher and I was given the belt, so for years and years I used to say, that was terrible, I got the belt for reading, but actually I got the belt for just being horrible and spoiling everybody else's fun. But the book is a brilliant adventure story. So I say I was maybe primary six or seven, ten or eleven I read it. And what happens is Niall is the, the main character, he's the young boy in it. And what happens is his brother Rory has this fall in a deep gorge. He's working with a, a fishing crew and he nearly dies. And Niall is convinced that somebody tried to kill his brother. So what Niall does He's a teenager and he takes Rory's place in the fishing crew, but also he's trying to investigate if he can find out who it was that tried to kill his brother. It's set on the Isle of Skye and it is absolutely incredible as an adventure story. And maybe about five or six years ago, I was lucky enough to be invited along to a local primary school in Glasgow, Sacred Heart Primary in Bridgeton. And it was for, uh, they have a literacy week and they would ask adults, particularly ones that worked in the area, to come in and talk about their favourite books, just as a way to encourage children and show, you know, that it's such a positive thing. So I brought in Master of Morgana and I read a couple of sections from it. And the best thing about it was that one of the, the pupils at the end, when I was just about to leave, actually asked what happened next and asked if he could borrow the book. So I left the book with the teacher and it became a classroom library book. And it is an incredible book. And I've, I've passed it on a few times to various people and again it's another book that I've read as an adult and it's still an absolutely thrilling adventure story uh, so that's Master of Morgana by Alan Campbell McLean Well if you've listened to the previous Read All About It Extra podcast you might have recognised the music as the theme tune for the segment called what Andrew's not reading this week, featuring my son. And this is where I ask Andrew just to go down and look through my bookshelves and pick a book at random. And that's the starting point for our chat. So, Andrew, on World Book Day, what are you not reading this week? On World Book Day this week, I'm not reading The House of the Vestals by Stephen Saylor. Right, good choice, son, good choice. <laughs> this is actually, it's a part of a series of books, and it's, they're set in ancient Rome, and they feature the main character as a guy called Gordianus the Finder, and it's almost like a kind of ancient Rome detective series. The first book, I think, was called Roman Blood, and they are really great historical books, they're gripping historical thrillers, and I think like a lot of books, particularly now, see with things like Netflix, and they're always looking for, for new series, again, it's the sort of thing that I could really see as as a series. I'm, I'm surprised that nobody's turned it into a series before, but I, I have to say that I, I've, I've read all these books and that is, they are really, really good. The second time you're on the Read All About Extra podcast, 
And was it weird uh, when you actually, I know after we recorded it, I let you listen to it back, but then when you actually hear it within the whole podcast, was it quite strange the first time you hear your voice? Uh, it's something that's a bit bizarre to get used to, is hearing your own voice, but uh, it turned out well. It's funny, obviously, people that know, like, say, your mum, your sisters, etc., they're obviously going to be complimentary, but I had, you know, people, a couple of people in work had mentioned they'd, they'd listened to it, and then just a couple of people had tweeted me, said that they quite enjoyed, quite liked the idea of it, the fact that it wasn't just about me sitting there telling you, you should be reading more uh, books. <laughs> um, what about, did anybody in your work had to listen to it? Uh, no, nobody yet. I still to send out the link to that. Do that? <laughs> Because when we were spoke, speaking before, and just before we started recording this, you were watching, is it the Joe Rogan experience? Aye, aye, just watching the podcast. And is he, I remember when I, when I said to you, and you were telling me the, the ridiculous listening or viewing figures he's got, and I think we've got a long way to go. He was talking about that earlier, on like an older episode, it was like, it's like a thousand episodes ago or something like that, he says the average, when he adds it all up, is probably over a million on every single episode. And that was like a thousand odd podcast now, and now he's got even bigger and everybody, just about everybody listens to him, so it'll probably be double or triple that. So you've, I saw you, you're watching it on your TV, so is it, does he do podcasts that you can listen to, or does, does he do video casts as well? I think that they, well they didn't used to record it, but now they just record everything in the studio. There's nothing that really goes on, it's just something they have on the TV really. I can tell you that the Read All About It podcast, one of the platforms it's on is a thing called Acast, and there's nearly been a thousand listens since it started. So that's, that's okay. Ah, that's good. You can eat a start somewhere, don't you? I know, I know. Now, last time when we were talking, we were just chatting about some of the things you'd been watching on your TV, on Netflix, which I'm not sure if this podcast is a promotion for books or anything <laughs> from Netflix. <laughs> No, that's what it seems like now. What have you What have you been watching that you could, nothing you could on, recommend? Nothing on Netflix, but I became a first dates and undateables addict. <laughs> that's <laughs> my two favourite programmes I know. This, this is just taking out a strange tongue. <laughs> I know. Ah, they're good to the other entertaining. How on earth did you stumble upon them? I've got no idea. Just different apps. I've got on the PlayStation for watching things like Netflix and Channel 5, Channel 4 and... Actually, I think it started because I watched the SAS programme, like they put the people through the training on that channel for, and then just came up with different recommendations for different categories. I mean, I have to be honest, First Dates is one of my favourite programmes. <laughs> it's good. But it's also good because I like TV shows where you can not interact with the, with the people on it, but you can shout at the telly. Uh, so some people you really like, and some people you can't stand. <laughs> I need to have an opinion on that. And the undateables... I, I was always reluctant to watch that because I always felt it was going to be exploiting the people but actually I think it's the complete opposite uh, I think it's, it's quite quite a kind of sweet and gentle programme and you can actually they're actually they are genuinely trying to help people well, I think it's just that the idea and like if they were just to show like the small advert of it you would see on TV it kind of portrays that it's like a programme that people would find entertaining but people find it entertaining in a different way mm-hmm. but as like you said it's quite a sweet programme when you see them the people are actually out to help them. And have you told your friends and work colleagues that, that you watch this? Or yeah, are, are you just revealing it now? Everybody knows. Because <laughs> <laughs> one thing I always, when any time I tune into First Dates, I always hope that I see somebody that I know. I know, that would be good. <laughs> it would just be, it would be the most bizarre thing ever. I know. So you'd be kind of, there's no like series box sets or anything that you're, nah, you're tuning into just now? Nothing that's really 
standing out and nothing MDs recommended at the moment. Because on the podcast, I spoke to your cousin, Thomas. Obviously, he's a big reader. So yeah. I did an interview with him and also your sister, Rebecca, because obviously she's the, the reader, as everybody's heard. <clears throat> but you, I, I even said to Rebecca, you you got there before her in terms of being on a podcast about books. I did? Yeah, you were on it before. Oh, I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> so, and she was quite impressed as well. That's an honour. The last time we spoke, you were in the middle of listening to Lemmy. Can you give us a Lemmy audiobook update? I cannot, because I've still not went back to it. Here's a suggestion, right? Because you just told me you've just signed up for the gym again. Aye. Just get some audiobooks and well, yeah, pop an iron. It's not really motivating listening to somebody read a book. But you know, I mean, I, I know a lot of, again, a couple of the guys in work have said that sometimes either in the gym or one of the guys in work's, you know, a phenomenal runner, and it's the podcast that he he listens to because he finds rather than music where sometimes you maybe automatically speed up you know if you're running and suddenly mm. a fast song comes on he quite likes the, the kind of just the consistency of people talking I don't know if it's for me would you know it was the most bizarre maybe thought try it but try it I just once well what to do maybe not Lemmy's book <laughs> listen to this podcast that's a good idea because I was thinking that would be quite bizarre actually if somebody's running along and they're just listening to the voice <laughs> I'd be strange. That's just about us. Another good chat, son. Always a pleasure. And uh, it did slightly take me by surprise that you're just now an absolute first date. It's not <laughs> obsessive. Ah, it's good. But it's no, good I'm, I'm happy with that. And uh, we'll, we'll chat again when you can tell us next time what book you're not reading. Sounds good to me. Good man. third book recommendation for World Book Day and it's actually a book for grown-ups and you'll probably not believe me when I tell you it's a coincidence that I've chosen this one but the book I've chosen is called Paul A Novel by Walter Wangerin. This book tells the story of St Paul, the fictionalised account of St Paul who is an apostle in the early Christian church and actually one of the pivotal figures in the spread and the advance of Christianity. He is, you know, as important as St. Peter, who is, is, you know, obviously the first Pope. But St. Paul, through evangelising, through his travels, through setting up new churches, new groups, and through his prolific letter writing, uh, was the one who really helped to spread the gospel. What Walter Wangerin has done with this book is just take the story and, and parts that are mentioned in the Bible that people might be familiar with of, you know, on the road, Saul as he was on the road to Damascus and, and has this vision, he ends up blind. He was a persecutor of Christians after you know his, his revelation on the, the road to Damascus when Jesus appears before him. He then becomes the, the biggest evangelizer and believer in the risen Christ. But th- this book get, paints very much a, a human picture of a historical figure. And it's really, really well written, really easy to read, but really gripping. And particularly if you if, if you do have any interest in religion, faith, Christianity, that is, it's quite an interesting perspective on a, a figure that people will be very familiar with his name. So that's Paul, a novel by Walter Wangerin. My last book recommendation on World Book Day is actually a novella. It's called Aaliyah and it's written by Chris Dolan, who was actually the first ever guest on the Read All About It podcast. 
It is a brilliant book and I genuinely can't recommend it highly enough. But rather than just make you listen to me wax lyrical about it, I thought it would be a good idea to have a chat with the author himself. Chris, I've wanted to recommend Aaliyah, this uh, novella of yours, for a long time. I'm quite evangelical about it, I've, I've said on social media before. I think, and I, I know because it's an audio podcast, people can't see you blushing when I start praising it, but I think it is an absolutely wonderful book. It's why I wanted to recommend it for World Book Day. I'm delighted you like it, I really do, honestly. I'm delighted that you actually like it, um, like Envy likes it, but I, because it's, it's an odd book for me to have written, so I was never very sure when it came out. You know, uh, if other people would like it or not. So I'm always pleased when somebody says they like it. And first, even before, like just even talking about how the, the story came about, as a physical product, and quite often in the podcast, we've spoke about the book itself as, as a, a thing of beauty. And this book is a thing of beauty. The cover, the way it's set out, the illustrations in the book. I mean, just for yourself as a reader as well as being the writer, you must have been absolutely delighted with how the finished product appeared. I think it's an exquisite thing, I really do. I'm, I'm so pleased the way the way it's been published. Um, it's interesting how that came about. As I was writing it, it reminded me of when I was writing it of, in some ways, of books I used to read as a kid that had illustrations. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have illustrations? So I mentioned this to my, my then publisher, Vagabond Voices. And they, the, the, the last couple of books that I had published by them, and the, the artist um, who had done the covers, I always thought it was just fantastic. I mean, I just loved the covers of not just my books, but everything he did, I thought were great. A guy called Mark Meekin. So I, I kind of got in touch with Mark and said, look, this is what I'm writing. This is a strange, modern fairy tale kind of based on A Thousand One Nights. To be honest, I don't really know what it is. Uh, it's just this thing. Uh, how about I send you a couple of chapters? Uh, and, and he immediately got back and said, no, no, I, I, can, I can see what I want to do with this. So there are there are ten, I think, um, illustrations throughout the book, uh, which just take up, you know, to depict certain uh, events in the book. I've got them all framed now upstairs. Uh, I got them off marks. So I've got the originals framed all the way up my hall, which I'll, so I'll pass it every day. And I'll, I stop and look at enough one every day. And I was always really surprised at the events he decided to, or, or the images he decided to, because I, I didn't suggest anything to him. He just read the book as I was writing it. And then decided to do these ten depictions. So one of them is just of a fountain. It's really simple. Uh, another one is just of a bed in a in a really simple room. I just thought they're beautiful things, you know. So absolutely, uh, the whole way is published. The cover is gorgeous, which is Mark's work. Beautiful colours, gorgeously done. It's a lovely thing. So I quite often tell people, like you might not like the book, you know, or the writing it, but you'll you'll love the actual thing because it is a gorgeous thing. I have to say, I totally agree with you. I think just the sort of book, if you saw it in a bookshop, you would pick it up just because it catches your eye. But actually the story itself, which is why ultimately I'm so evangelical about it, I just think it's amazing. And I, I recently reread it just to kind of remind myself how how good it is. And, you know, just briefly, can you just let people know what, what the story is? Yeah, the way I tried to describe it at, at the time, I think it says on the back of it, is, is a, it's a modern modern fairy tale. It's a love story. Uh, in my head, it's kind of a Romeo and Juliet. Uh, it's set in a war-torn country. It's never said where. It could be Iran, it could be Iraq, uh, it could be anywhere. But it's basically what divides Romeo and Juliet in, in this book is either having or not having faith. Well, one of them is a believer and the other one's not. Um, and that's kind of the, the major difficulty in, in their relationship. 
it's kind of slightly based on Robert Louis Stevenson's uh, story. Um, as you know, uh, we're, we're both huge Stevenson fans. Um, and I'd actually adapted, oh God, 20 years ago, and I never finally got made. Uh, but I adapted a story of um, Stevenson's for a BBC Two series that didn't happen. Uh, a story called Olala, which is kind of why the book's called Aliyah. Uh, it's a kind of in, in reference to, to Olaya. And it's a lovely story about a war-torn country, in this case it's Spain actually, and a young Scottish soldier who falls in love with a woman who it's impossible to fall in love with. So I kind of took that very basic idea and kind of updated it and modernised it. And uh, what really interests me is this idea of how you see the world and what you believe and what you don't believe and what you believe is real or true. And from that basis, I just started writing and it was almost kind of like automatic writing. It, it still surprises me. I've now and then I read bits of it at festivals or whatever and it, it, it almost feels like somebody else's work. I mean, it's a short 119 pages, but I think the writing is absolutely breathtaking. And also when I've read it, I think it is very cinematic. You can see that there's the real drama. And interestingly, next week's Read All About It podcast features um, Martin Gregg, who's the co-creator of Backpage yeah. Press, who's a mutual friend of ours. And when you actually listen to the podcast that I do with Martin, in the course of that, we almost, uh, we're almost making a plea to Netflix on about two or three occasions to commission you to, to convert various <laughs> books into films. But I, I just think if somebody reads that, I can't see how they wouldn't think this would really work on the big well, screen or the small screen. It's interesting to say that, cause it, it started out as a film idea. Uh, when I first had the idea to write it after Olaya, because that had been a, a television adaptation, the way Aliyah came to my mind was very much as a, as a film, uh, and a kind of a feature film, quite a big movie, and I still have that, I still got that image in my head. And for a while it was, you know, there was people who talked about it. We finally got it made as a, as a radio uh, drama, but as kind of a short radio drama, and to be honest, I don't think it quite worked. Uh, and that's what made me want to write the book. I then began to feel it actually as a book, thought I could see this could work as a book. But interestingly, even as a book, uh, there's a little, nice little uh, uh, kind of element to the cover you're talking about, it's really nice, which is kind of a little kind of wrap round with a, a, a kind of a short preview by uh, David Heyman, uh, who, who I'll work with a bit. Um, and David keeps saying that one of these days you're going to try and get this made into a film. Uh, and, you know, David's a producer as well as an actor. I would love it to happen. And I do think that someone could slightly timeless about it and it might happen at some point. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I kind of see it as being a drama. Uh, certainly, as, the way I've written it as a book is, is more kind of bookish. But, uh, but, yeah, I can see it as a drama. And the reason, part of the reason I mentioned about Martin and I discussing various books that should be made into films and, you know, recommending you is just obviously if that happens, we'll be looking for a commission. Absolutely. <laughs> just to let you know in advance. <laughs> okay, 1%. So if, you, if you're looking for a book to read, uh, Aaliyah by Chris Dolan, and if you go onto my website, www.paulcuddy.com, there's a page for each of the podcast guests and on Chris's page, there'll be a link for where you can get hold of Aaliyah and, Chris, just finally, you were obviously the very first guest in Read All About It podcast. How has it changed your life, having been on the podcast? Yeah, I mean, it's like I can't walk down the street anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to black out the windows. Now, it's been lovely. It's been a great response to Paul. Actually, a lot of people listen to it. A lot of people said they really enjoy it. And then they're going on to listen to other ones, even people they don't know. I think it's great. I think, I think you imagine to get people to relax so it doesn't feel like they've kind of studied it or, you know, it's overly kind of thought through. I thought I thought both Hughes and Willie's uh, were just really pleasant, relaxed, interesting. 
And I've now got, the only problem is I've now got a, an even longer list than I used to have of books that I've got to read. The same with me, that's the same same thing. But you can never, you never have too many good books to read. Exactly. No, it's brilliant. And I'm, I'm so glad you're doing it and I look forward to each episode. So, brilliant. Great, and I never had to pay you to say that. <laughs> but you pushed my book. <laughs> Thanks, call. Chris. Well, that's just about it for this special World Book Day edition of the Read All About It Extra podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Read All About It podcast. We're on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Pocket Casts and Podbeam. And you can listen to all of the episodes already released on that. They're also on a YouTube channel as well. And if you want to find out what the books have been chosen on each of the podcast episodes... You can go to my website, www.paulcuddehy.com, where each guest has their own page and their book choices are listed there. Now, you can get in touch with me via email. That's at readallaboutit at paulcuddehy.com. You can get in touch with me via Twitter. That's at readallaboutit20. Or if you want to go old school, I'm still waiting for the first letter, but feel free to put pen to paper. And you can send it to Paul Cuddehy, the Read All About It podcast guy, Bishop Briggs, Glasgow, and I do have every faith that Royal Mail will get that to me. Now this week, or this episode, I'm going to finish off, not with a song, but with a poem. It's a poem by Julia Donaldson, who is a very, very famous author, you know, amongst the books, The Gruffalo. And this poem is called... I opened a book, so I hope you enjoy the poem, have a happy World Book Day, and until next time, keep reading. I opened a book by Julia Donaldson. I opened a book, and then I strode. Now nobody can find me. I've left my chair, my house, my road, my town and my world behind me. I'm wearing the cloak, I've slipped on the ring, I've swallowed the magic potion, I fought with a dragon, dined with a king, and dived in a bottomless ocean. I opened a book and made some friends. I shared their tears and laughter, and followed the road with its bumps and bends to the happily ever after. I finished my book, and out I came. The cloak can no longer hide me. My chair and my house are just the same, but I have a book inside me.